0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the hotels.com app.
1: Hello and welcome to The Rest is Football. I'm Gary Lineker and with me as usual today is our perfect pairing of Alan Shearer and Micah Richards. Their words, not mine. How are you both doing? Uh, How's your week been? Been
2: quiet actually. Nice and relaxing. Did Radio Bundy. Uh, did leak up last week as we know and this week's just been beautiful couple of sessions in the gym i'm feeling good i'm feeling nice
3: <laughs> yeah very similar actually yeah um it's been a bit of a quiet a week this week which has been uh which has been nice so um just been watching the carabao and yeah
1: all good Excellent. Uh, we've got uh, a few different bits to get through today, including the Carabao Cup. We'll talk about that shortly. I've also got a brilliant quiz question that I'm going to run by you in the second half of the show. Uh, there were some big derbies across Europe as well. Uh, but first, we're going to start with um, some breaking news. We're recording this episode on Thursday morning and it's just been announced that um, Sven Goran Eriksson has been diagnosed with terminal cancer and says he has best case a year to live, which is obviously incredibly sad news. Um, Sven, uh, wonderful personality, lovely guy, and um, everyone at the Rest His Football sends our best wishes uh, to him. Um, Micah, Sven was your manager at uh, Manchester City, of course.
2: Yeah, I, I, what a great manager he was. Obviously, he'd managed in Italy. We knew what he did over there. But the best thing about Sven was his man management. He was such a lovely person. And when... When we get asked about people, they always say, oh, he's a nice guy, but Sven was the nicest of the nicest. He would go over and beyond and make sure your head was right before the game, anything you needed, you could always ring his phone. He was staying at the Radisson in Manchester when he was at Man City at the time. And we had a little meeting in his room and I just remember him saying to me, you can be whatever you want to be, but don't mess it up. You can have your fun, as long as you want, but make sure when you come to training, you give 100% and you smile. And I just looked at him and I just thought, yeah. he just made me look at things differently and being able to enjoy life, but work hard at the same time. And his aura, when he steps into the room, he's always smartly dressed. You know, he always had his glasses on. He's a smooth character. He really is a smooth, elegant, fantastic. So for me, really sad news, but yeah. I want to celebrate potentially his last year. Uh he's not he's not passed away yet, so yeah, I'll give him a text later on today actually and
1: to make sure he's doing okay. I mean he's obviously had that period as as England manager, um, Alan. Didn't quite work out. Wasn't obviously it wasn't anything embarrassing, wasn't terrible. And and obviously had that um, incredibly strong squad in many ways. Um the golden generation, didn't he?
3: Yeah, he did. I mean, I, unfortunately, I never had the pleasure of, of, of working with him, met him on a couple of occasions. But I think when you, you know how it works in football, you always speak to former players or players who've worked with him, coaches that have worked with him. And um, the vast majority of people have, have only got positive things to say, very much like what Micah has, has just describe in terms of being a gentleman, being a nice guy, I was incredibly shocked and saddened to hear him say that news this morning. Um, yeah, really, really sad news.
1: It is. I I, I remember because obviously when you're in the punditry world, um, whether you're a presenter or a pundit, you you know you have to be critical occasionally of, of, of managers. I remember an England game. Actually, I think I think it might have been was it the England game that um, England won five one in Germany. Um, he was coached that day, and um, after the game, there was Alan Hansen, Mark Lawrence, and, and myself, and we went to um, one of the boxes to have a drink after we'd come off air. And um, Nancy Delolio was there, um, which was his then partner, and we were. I was talking to her, and um, Alan Hansen and, and Mark Lawrence were there, and um, she turned. She turned on Alan Hansen. She was, and she said. Why are you so nasty about my Sven? Sven's a lovely man. Why are you being so unkind about his... And and, and Alan couldn't cope with it. Alan's just gone... Oh um, no, that was that was Lawrenson. That was that was Loro. That was it wasn't me. And she was going, "Oh yes, he was." Um, I don't think anyone wanted to um, um, upset Sven um, in that way. But we wish him well, and let's hope it's um, he gets a lot longer than perhaps he expects. It's 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 been a sad week for um, famous old footballers and great coaches as well, because of course. Uh, Franz Beckenbauer passed away uh, a few days ago on the 8th of January. I mean, he was, I grew up obviously watching um, some of Franz Beckenbauer. One of the first games I ever remember was the quarterfinal England-Germany in in 1970 in the World Cup where uh, he played England with two up um, and he scored one of the goals. And I think that Germany turned it round and won 3-2 um in extra time. Um he's one of only 3 players to have both won the World Cup and been um the coach or manager, whatever you want to call it of of the winning side. The others were one was Mario Zagallo who also died over the weekend. Um just before uh, Franz Beckenbauer. He did it with with Brazil and the other of course is Didier Deschamps but Franz Beckenbauer, true, true gentleman. He was the obviously the German manager in 1990 when they won the World Cup, and um, he was the coach of the side that I played against in the um, semi-final of that particular World Cup. And I must say, I must say, at the end of that game, he could not have been more magnanimous uh, in victory. He was so kind. Um, and thoughtful and he, he almost came to our players before he went to his players in terms of the way he celebrated had some lovely words with, with Bobby Robson um, and he always seemed to have an amazing amount of charm um, but he was also in, in terms of when he played he was a groundbreaking footballer in, in many ways he started as a midfield player then he or I think actually I think he started as a wide player Um, and then he drifted back and eventually he he became this player that was a little bit like in the modern game you know in the terms of they called it a sweeper then but a sweeper that would play behind the defense and then actually burst into midfield whereas now it's perhaps fullbacks that are inverted into midfield players this was a central defender like we've seen with John Stones on occasions perhaps uh, a move into midfield and he was he was sort of the first to do that and he was such a graceful Graceful football. When
3: I was growing up, I was born in seventy, and you had these these iconic names in football. I don't know Cruyff, Pele, and Maradona, and Beckenbauer, and Bobby um, and, Charlton, and Bobby Charlton, and all. I mean he he was one of he was one of those iconic names that you wherever you went in the football world whoever talked about football whether it was germany or whether it was holland or whoever it may be or brazil there was always these names that always stood out and beckenbauer was was one of those uh, was one of those names um didn't have the pleasure of, of of meeting him but um you just have to listen to what everyone has said over the past few days and look at his achievements in the game to realize that We've we've lost one of the greats of 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 world football, and,
1: and Mike, he was actually um, the I think the only defender to win multiple Ballon d'Ors, which speaks volumes, doesn't it?
2: That is unbelievable. I remember in the uh, in the playground, even in my era, and I used to say. Oh, Franz Beckenbauer. You know, when I was coming out with a ball from the back and I didn't even... I'd not seen him play. I was just jumping on the bandwagon like everyone else does. It was rather Gerrard in midfield or it was Pele or Maradona. And then Beckenbauer. And I didn't even see him play, but he still had that that name, even in my generation, which speaks volumes. And like he said, to win two Ballon d'Ors, he must have been
1: sensational how how good are we talking oh no we're talking absolute tops here i mean i think that anybody of a certain age my age for for one that has seen um football over the last 50 plus years i would think that he would be in pretty much everyone's best ever 11 And i know that's quite a statement but i you know he 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 did it all you know he won world cups he he coached he coached the side to a World Cup. Not that's got to do with his playing, but in terms of his his playing, he just trying to change the game. And he was it was that intelligence and and obviously his brilliance as well. Bobby Moore and Franz Beckenbauer at the back, I think would <laughs> would, would be quite something quite special.
3: I think we did, didn't we? When we did our we did our top tens, didn't we? Of of sort of world players. And it was, it was only then when we sort of get sent through some of the information and you look at his achievements. I mean, oh my God. It's, it's achievements that we can only dream of, that, that, that the list is alongside his name. And it's phenomenal what he's, uh, what he's done, what he's achieved, what he's won in the game. It's just incredible.
1: Goodness me, we've lost some of the greats over the last, um, oh, just over 12 months because Pelé, obviously, uh, Bobby Charlton. Yeah. Um, Franz Beckenbauer and also um, Mario Zagallo as well because um, you know th- two people out of three that have um, had that incredible achievement of winning a World Cup playing as a player and as a as a coach is is, is quite something and he, he was known as the professor uh, Zagallo by his players um, because of his his tactical acumen and. Um, um i actually had the good fortune of meeting him as well um many 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 years ago when i did a little documentary series um and he was also a, a true gentleman um i di- i didn't see him play because his kind of period was around that spell when um, 58 62 those back to back um world cups that, that that brazil won at that stage as as Pelé came through into that um, um, that great side.
3: And to lose them over the same weekend as well is just incredible, isn't it? Incredibly sad, yeah. It's amazing.
1: It, it, it really is. Well, um, rest in peace to both of them. And um, let's move on and t- talk about the um, Carabao Cup the last two nights. Um, they're pretty well balanced in general. I thought I thought Middlesbrough Performed really, really well. I thought Michael Carrick did an excellent job. Um, obviously, Chelsea did miss again uh, a number of opportunities um, to to score, but I, I thought Middlesbrough did well. I watched uh, Middlesbrough on on the Saturday uh,
2: against Villa in the um, in the FA Cup, and the tactics that Carrick in, uh, sort of brought to the game or implemented was just to leave the wide spaces i'm talking about on on the podcast before but i was thinking this possibly can't work against a better team that would get punished but they were so organized in what they needed to do he's got so many injuries but it just shows you when a manager can coach his team and buy into what he, he wants to do and they can implement it it just shows you how good of a coach he is i think We've talked about Gerrard and Lampard and Rooney, but I think Carrick has got something special. And I think what's the best about Carrick is he can sort of work with players who are not at the top of their game and he can really improve a team. And yes, Chelsea missed some massive chances, but they still got the job done. I think it's going to be interesting in the second leg to see how they, they set up. But just watching them over the Saturday and the Tuesday, it's really encouraging, especially what he can bring if he was to be allowed to get better players within Middlesbrough. I think he's got something
1: special I really do I actually expected them to, to challenge in the championship this season because when he came in they were really struggling weren't they the season before and he had that incredible run of games but he had a really bad start to this season I think that is also quite a good challenge of a young manager because you're going to get that period and then he seems to have, he turned that round with a, with a good run I know they've been a little bit in and out um, lately
3: in the league but um, I mean he's he's learning his trade Alan Weren't the mitigating circumstances though? Didn't they lose? Didn't they lose a forward in the transfer window just before the season started? Or, or yeah, that's yeah, it, it yeah. was uh,
2: Chuba Akpon. Exactly, he scored twenty-eight goals last so season. You,
3: did you, you're, you're bound to uh, you're bound to miss that. Um, I watched both games as well, Micah. Um, I watched. Um, I didn't watch you. I watched the game um, <laughs> <laughs> in the weekend, and then uh, I watched the uh, I watched the other one, and I thought they were I thought they were brilliant because they lost they had a couple of more injuries as well in the first twenty or twenty five minutes of the of the game. So to lose two players again to injury and then to to get over that and stick in there i mean it was a great atmosphere at uh, at the riverside it was it was it sounded as if it was rocking there so um i mean it didn't surprise me the result because uh, you have we haven't got a clue what chelsea are going to turn up i mean it's just i mean they're, they're just unbelievable aren't they um it must be so bloody frustrating being a chelsea fan at the uh, at the minute i mean they ha- they've had so many good times over the years but it must be so difficult for them at the minute because you just haven't got a clue what's going to happen. Um, I know they missed one or two really good chances, Cole Palmer, but um, that the, the result didn't surprise me, which I think says it uh, says it all. So I haven't got a clue what's going to happen in that in that replay. It wouldn't surprise me if if Middlesbrough went there and frustrated them and got the result and got back to Wembley. As a 20 years, isn't it, since the uh, the last time they were at there? I think I heard the other evening. So it was great. It was great for uh, for. Michael Carrick and his team to to put in such a great performance and get the result they wanted.
1: Sometimes makes you think it's a shame. It's t- two legs. Yeah, it <laughs> shouldn't That'll be two be legs. Sure, should, it
3: should just be a neutral ground one game. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's
1: especially now the amount of football that's played, and particularly I think for. Probably a championship side. I mean, how many league games out? I know that they're not playing in European football, so um, kind of levels itself out on that front. But it's it's a big ask now for them to come to Chelsea and 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 try and um, get a similar sort of scoreline. But they've given themselves a real chance, and it, they'd have you know they'd have bitten Absolutely their hands off correct. for one 0 wouldn't they?
2: What what's going on with Chelsea though, guys? Because we do all our analysis. How long we got, on the school,
1: Micah?
2: I know yeah, we do. We do all our analysis and we watch clip after clip. And some days they look really good, and then some days you're thinking they're a little bit weak at the back, conceding sloppy goals. And then, like Gary said, they're just not putting the ball in the back of the net.
1: Well, they just they just need to spend a few
3: quid. <laughs> I wonder what I wonder what I mean. Penny for the owner's thoughts. Oh. I mean, Todd Ball, I wonder what he's oh, actually thinking. He's gone ever so quiet, hasn't he? Um, the, the money that they've spent, I don't know. It's like
1: well, he's just bought the Golden Globes. I don't. I think maybe that's the only award Chelsea will <laughs> get next season. <laughs> season. Might win a Golden Globe or something, isn't it? Yeah. I
3: mean, it's staggering.
1: Uh, it really is. Um... Um, Liverpool how many times have they turned it round this season
3: mm. they were Great trailing attitude. obviously
1: against Fulham for, for those that perhaps didn't uh, watch the game um, and Fulham had their opportunities didn't they on their counter attack
3: well they got the first they got their, their goal which was really well deserved Fulham um, frustrated Liverpool at times um, and you're just waiting again for Jürgen to, to bring the cavalry on the substitutes <laughs> on and Gakpo and Nunez he's got such an array of talent even without Salah even off to come off the uh, to come off the bench the forwards that Liverpool have got so you know at some stage if it's not working for the players that are on there they're ready to unleash some players off the bench but Fulham had some great breaks you know um, and but for a final pass and finishing then they could have gone two three nil up um but they didn't again and to Liverpool's credit, they 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 came back and um, they got the two goals. Could have maybe should have been more in the uh, in the end. But I think that one's that one's really wide open as well, isn't it? I think even Fulham. You said to Fulham before the game, you go and you, you you two one. I don't think that's a bad result for them because I think they perhaps would fancy their chances as well. But with Liverpool's forward line and what they can bring on, you've always got to fancy them.
1: Liverpool have now had 30 goal involvements from substitutes this season, which is 12 more than any other Premier League team, which kind of makes your point.
2: But it's not luck though, is it? It's it's not luck. No, no. no it's, it's commitment, it's desire, it's all the words that we use every week when we're doing our punditry. And it's the manager making the subs at the, the right stages of the game. And we always talk about Liverpool, didn't we? We said a couple of months ago, Liverpool are not out yet just because of the firepower they have. And if they can get through this period and continue to score without Salah, it was good to see Virgil van Dijk back as well. is he out with an injury as well?
0: Yeah, his hamstring, wasn't he? He went off a couple of games ago. If they
2: can just get through this sticky period and keep everyone fit, and then when Salah comes back... They've got a real opportunity because on their day they can beat anyone.
3: Big mention, you know, for the young boy. He came on at um, at Arsenal at the uh, the weekend. Connor uh, Bradley, Bradley, right yeah. back, um, and then he got his start against uh, against Fulham. He was brilliant. He was fantastic, both offensively and uh, and defensively. Um, for someone so young to come in, and I just thought he looked absolutely superb. Well, both games
1: are in the balance. We'll be keeping our eye on those um, second legs uh, very shortly. Uh, We're going to take a little break now, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to have a little bit of fun.
0: Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddleboards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go!
2: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
1: Welcome back to The Rest is Football with Alan Shearer, Michael Richards and myself, Gary Lineker. Um, on the second half of the podcast today, we're going to start with a, I don't call it a quiz, but it's sort of a quiz because, um, Most recently, the world's most valuable players have been um, written down. We've got the top 10 and it's been done by the um, International Center for Sports Studies, the CIES Football Observatory. uh, And they recently released their list of the world's most valuable players. As of right now, they run a statistical model based on more than 6,000 transfer transactions to create their list, which is historically very accurate. They create an estimated transfer value uh, in terms of the millions of euros, euros, not pounds, and rank them from highest to lowest. So I'm going to see how many of the top 10 players um, that you can get.
2: Okay, so valuable, valuable, not sold for. It's a, it's a it's, different thing, isn't it? It's not what it? they've
1: been sold for. It's what they would cost right now. What they would cost right now to buy them, basically, is what they're saying. Okay, uh, okay. okay. So, okay. who do we think will be top of that?
2: It's got to be Mbappe or Haaland, doesn't it? It's got, it's got to be. That's it. But, but, but this, you see, I, I don't mean to be a, a, a pain in in the ass. But Mbappé's only got six months left on his deal. Is that taken into consideration? Oh, ah,
1: Micah, you are a star. Do you know what I mean? You've seen through the omission here and it's you've twigged it straight away. I knew, and, I just knew, And for that, you get 100 points.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes, he's not even in the top 10 because he's not long left on his contract. Therefore, he'll probably go to Real Madrid for... I don't know, free agent, I suppose, if his contract's up. Ah, ah, ah! So this is what they would be worth. So you've got to think about, you know, what contracts they're on. Harland! Contract, how Harland,
3: God. yeah.
2: Where? Oh, um,
1: Jude's got to be up there, you know. Jude.
3: So's is Vinicius Junior. I tell you what,
1: you boys are good. <laughs> you, you, you boys are doing really, that's I a good that's, start. I think we've
3: named the top three.
1: I think you've named the of top three. We have. <laughs> and I, I honestly didn't give you any insight into this. Right, you've got the
3: top three. Give me the order of the top three. Harland, Bellingham, Vinicius,
2: Micah. Harland's got to be number one. It has to be Harland,
1: Bellingham, Vinicius. Yeah, you've 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 both gone for the same top three in the same order. But Oof. but top of the tree. Is Jude Bellingham really <laughs> well? All done. He's got the English tax, so hasn't he? So what? you know, a player goes for about twenty percent more than they actually value that. But anyway, well, he's not. He's not. He's he's, play, he's playing in Real Madrid, um, <laughs> and I I suspect it's length of contract that okay. comes into this as well, um, because he's only just gone there. Right,
3: have a have a stab at the value it's um, euros. euros Stab, euros. I would guess. 210 million euros.
1: Micah? 190 million euros. Well, according to this, Jude Bellingham's value currently is (laughs) 267.5 million euros. Um, um, Haaland is indeed second. Um, There's not much in it, to be honest. In fact, there's not much in the top three. In fact, there's not much in the top four. So Haaland, 251 million. Vinicius Jr., 250 million. Right. How many of the remaining seven um, can you get? More Salah in the top ten? No, you have got to think about age, Alan. Doesn't matter about the order now. If I just want any of the names that come on, there's a Saka. There's a, Saka is yes, yeah, Saka is five at a value of two hundred and twenty-three million. Beckham right, yeah. Rice, no. Oh, see, <laughs> see what?
2: <laughs> nothing, nothing.
3: nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you got to look at the youngsters at Barcelona. I think Pedri. there's going to be at least two of them in there. Pedri, one got, of them.
1: Pedri's got to be in there. Is, Pedri's not in there. Not? Wow. Pedri, I thought he would be, but he's had a few injuries of late, and I think that he's not played that much football, so that might be the reason for that.
2: Philip Foden.
1: Phil Foden is at number 6 just oh, below. Oh, in there. Which you've got that means we've got three English players in the top 6 which is mm. well, I'm not sure that would have happened probably ever before.
3: Yeah.
1: Not for quite some time.
3: You the other youngsters at Barcelona Michael, you the other young uh, there's youngsters. Pe- there's Pedri, there's Gavi. Gavi. Gavi.
2: Gavi. Gavi. Yes.
1: Gavi's in at 7, 175 million euros. Mm. Yeah.
2: We're doing all right here, Al. We're doing
1: Actually, all right you do, here. you're doing pretty well with a little bit of help obviously from me. <laughs> is Rodrigo in there? Rodrigo, is number 4. Oh, which I would question slightly, I myself. He's a player though.
2: Anytime in the Champions League in the last stages, he just he just turns up.
1: And he is he is flying this season as well and he's obviously a young talent, amazing. Mussi, oh was-
2: no Musiala
1: of course, that's the one I thought was obvious. Oh, he's, in at, he's in at 952 million. That's the um, what we
3: got left three or four? Um, only, only two, actually. Two I left, mean, are you're
1: we? doing pretty well here. I've been pretty well. There's two left. Do you want to say what clubs are from or they not? They both play in the Premier League. Ooh. There was one a defender. No, don't be silly, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> Defenders? When are they worth money?
2: In the Premier League.
1: Yes. One of them is not having quite as good a season so far as he had last season. Ooh. Grealish? Nope. One of them plays for Manchester City and one of them plays for Arsenal. We'll speed it up a little bit here. Oh, Arsenal. What? Is Martinelli? Nope. Oh, uh, Odegaard. Nope. Yes, yes, Odegaard sneaks nice. in at number 10. Martin Odegaard, value 150 million. Arsenal have got two players in the top 10. They could sell them for 400 million between them, almost, almost. That leaves one left. KDB. Oh, come on, Micah. He's 32. I know. He's still worth a lot, though, isn't he? <laughs> not <that> much. <laughs> not day too, and having come back from a long injury. Oh,
2: let's go through. Let's go through the tea. He, he said it's an offensive. He's,
1: oh, come on, come younger on, player. Come on, Micah. Come on, Micah. City. A man who's won it all already. Alvarez. Yes. Alvarez,
3: yes. Of course. Yes, and
1: that's it. We have it. Jude Bellingham, Erling Haaland, Vinicius Junior, Rodrigo, Bukayo Saka, Phil Foden, Gavi, Julian Alvarez. Jamal Musiala and <coughs> Martin
3: Odegaard. Ooh, it's not a, not, bad bad, list. not a bad list. It's we not did not a all bad. right, Micah. We did all right. We did.
2: Of
1: course we did.
2: Because it wasn't really the values, was it, really? You know, there's no Mbappé in there. It's a trick question now.
1: Well, you worked it out very quickly though, Micah. So, kudos to you, kudos to you,
3: yeah. He's not as daft as he looks, you know. I know. <laughs>
1: oh, I did, did, I mean, there was quite a bit of follow-up with the um, the bling boots and stuff, Micah. <laughs> I even saw an old, um, old uh, an old newspaper piece saying, "I may, you know, I may be bling, but it's not affecting my football from Micah Richard. <laughs>
2: No. <laughs> you know is what the thing th- is? I can laugh about that now, no. obviously,
1: or yeah. older, wiser,
2: but at the time- Really? I, I ju- <laughs> 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 at the time, you know, when you, when you first come into the public eye and things start to accelerate quite quickly, you know, you, you move house, you've got bigger car, bigger watches, whatever it is. And I absolutely loved it for the first six months. I, I absolutely adore it, love the life. And after about a year, I was thinking to myself, this is gonna affect my football, this is. This is definitely gonna affect my football because I remember going out, and I, I think I said this, the story before, but me and James Miller, I think I did it on the top 10, both bought um, Ferraris. So I had a red one, <laughs> he had a gray one. And we parked them right by each other. And I was in the magazine. Do you remember the, the magazine Nuts? James and Milner Zoom? had
3: a Ferrari.
2: This is what I'm trying to say. Oh, honestly, you
3: know there's one James person I on would here. never say would have a Ferrari. It would be James Milner.
2: This is what I mean about making assumptions about people. He's one of the nicest guys. So I got pictured in this Ferrari, red one, and he had a nice, subtle, grey one, if there is such a thing, a <laughs> subtle Ferrari. <laughs> and he managed to weave his way and... be be seen as the, it's similar to you, Alan. Like prim and proper, straight, you know what I mean? Plain, everything
1: Ferrari. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, the press was on me. Do you think, Mike, I know this is a slightly more serious issue because we saw it, we've seen it with one or two players. Raheem Sterling was, you know, constantly vilified, even for buying his mum a house or something like that. Um, do you think the fact that you know James Milner got away with it, you didn't? There's a kind of underlying something going on there. Oh, back back then there definitely was hundred yeah. percent because, and
2: and certain journalists have even admitted that that they had a I don't know they had a subconscious conception. racism in
1: a way, isn't
2: it? Yes, of, of of course, but it's it's sort of within our a culture as well. So when you was growing up. You was watching, I, I don't know what you watched, but I was always watching American TV. And what we were seeing there was was cars and watches and and, and honeys in, in 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 videos, you know what I mean? That's what <laughs> this, so when you got a little bit of money, that's what you would go buy because that was the culture I was in. So they had made up their mind that that's all we were into, but it was wrong. But I understood certain reasons why they would, think certain things but of course back then they was making assumptions about every person for no for no apparent reason it just fit their narrative at the time but the thing is i would say about milner he would be very very smart in the way he did it so he had a sponsor he was represented by the pfa he used to have a, um, a bmw I like used to go into training every day and whatnot. And then he'd only drive his Ferraris at the weekends. And when he'd go for <laughs> whereas,
0: whereas I, uh, Billy Big yeah,
3: I, I,
2: I, I was parking on double yellows. I was going into, into training with my, my roof down. And also there's ways to do it. You know what I mean? So I did deserve the blinking back then. I, yeah. I, I definitely deserve that the blinking. Uh, That tag so billy yes. big
3: bollocks is one of the words that's what you were <laughs> billy big bollocks
1: prince uh, son it, it it's funny isn't it we were having a bit of um, a giggle on our, our group chat last night and um, and it came because um, one of our, uh, one of our many, many, many supporters of our podcast um, who listen, um, and it's—I don't know about you guys, but it's amazing. I get feedback all the time. Get stopped in the streets. You get
3: getting that wherever you go. It's like, oh, we love your podcast. It's great. Feedback's amazing. So thank you, everyone. Please how are we going to keep it. it going, eh? How are we going to keep it going? Uh, what, how, we've not even discussed this. How long are we doing this
2: for? Is this a, is this a year contract? Is it a five-year deal? I, it, I'll
1: be the judge of that, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but do let's get just more enjoy money? How does
2: it work? Do, do we get any money at all? Are you getting
1: paid for this, are you, Micah? <laughs> Expenses. All right, Micah. Told you, keep it between us. Okay, (laughs) don't tell Al. Um, So we had a little bit of a a, a giggle last night because obviously on the on the on the podcast a a, a few days ago, Micah sort of leapt like a salad, and uh, and that that created quite quite a bit of amusement amongst ourselves. And um, Crispin Lysa, uh, who listens from LA. um, (laughs) Gary. (laughs) Crispin, yeah, really. <laughs> no, this is genuine. This genuinely, actually, I never thought that. Crispin. Crispin sandwich or crisp, yeah, Crispin Lysa. It's actually um, my, my, my partner in the business, Tony, um, Tony Pastors, um, good friend uh, in LA. Um, so it's Crispin, yeah, <laughs> which is a fantastic name and almost fits um, what he came up with. So he came up with a, a, a team around salads, so you've got Robert Green in goal, uh, defenders, Caesar Aspilliqueta, <laughs> Leif Davis, Romain Dixon, and Cale Walker. I quite like that one. In midfield, we've got Scott Little Gemmel, um, Florin Radicchio, uh, Mo Salad. Harvey Beans I quite like Harvey Beans (laughs) that Newcastle winger Uh, and strikers Nisoise Jackson (laughs) and Stan Cauliflower (laughs) Uh, Alan and then you Alan you were in top form last night Uh, you came came up with a few can you remember them?
3: Marcus Radishford Marcus Um, Radishford is very good (laughs) (laughs)
0: Oscar Cobb Oscar Carl, man. that was really
3: good. Uh, oh, I don't know whether the game was shit last night or I was just Googling salads. Yeah. Uh, Henny
1: oh. Iceberg. That
0: was one. we got uh, Andy
1: Cole Slaw. <laughs> uh, this is another one of yours, Alan. Uh, Niall Quinoa. <laughs> Niall Quinoa. Uh, uh, we've got a manager. Uh, We've got a manager, which I really do like. Um this is very good. Asparagus Hiddink. Denver Cucumber
0: (laughs) (laughs) Very good Uh,
1: Juniper Beringham
3: Uh, oh, that it's that and, bad we're even laughing ourselves at our and, own uh, jokes uh,
1: you've got to and, and, and I just I just thought of one this morning actually yeah. uh, Clarence Waldorf I <laughs> 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 do love a Waldorf salad uh, Oh. Oh. See, Micah, you you know, everything for a reason.
2: Everything's for a reason. It yeah. gives us the content. It's all we need.
3: It does. And Micah, um, you I'll... asked how long this can go on for. After that, we might be sacked tomorrow morning.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> we'll be sacked.
3: Oh, <laughs> uh, dear.
2: Oh, brilliant.
1: There's been a couple of big um, derby games, really. Um, although... The Madrid derby that was played, which was the semi-final of the Super Cup, was played actually in, in Saudi Arabia. A bit of winter sunshine for for the players. They've done that in the last few seasons over there. Um, extraordinary game that um, Real Madrid won uh, five three, and um, that would have been entertaining. for I've I've I've, I've seen a highlights package. Um, and uh, Griezmann broke um the Atletico Madrid goal scoring record. He's a player, isn't he, Griezmann? He's he's so versatile as well, isn't he? Because we saw him played like as a holding midfielder, didn't we? In the in the World Cup for for France. Yeah, he's a good player, isn't he. Go on, Micah. One of
2: the most underrated players, I think. It was always a little bit difficult for for him when he went to, to Barcelona um, and for him to score so many goals and sort of play with that, that flair and that freedom in a team which is known for being very defensive. And then in the World Cup, like you said, when he dropped into them positions, whether he was played as number six, or number 10, sometimes out on out on that right, coming onto his left foot. He's such an intelligent player and he's just, he's one of my favourite players of this generation, but I don't think he gets the love. Um, when you talk about France, we always seem to mention Kylian Mbappe and rightly so because of how good he is. But Griezmann, he's like the architect. He's the one who puts it all together and fantastic player, really is.
3: Yeah, you mentioned it, didn't you? About the players having a, the players will love it, I think, in terms of having a bit of sunshine before a couple of days before the game and maybe a day or two after. So, um, yeah, that's that's good for them. But yeah, I agree with you about Griezmann; he's a really talented little player, isn't he? I think he's 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 uh, he's fantastic. But Real Madrid won, didn't they? Five three. Yep. Yeah Bellingham shining again. Yeah, he didn't score. He didn't no, he score, didn't score, but, but he played um, well. I read the reports. I haven't yeah. seen any of the game, but yeah. I read the reports and apparently played really well.
1: How do you think that would be received here if, say... Well, we've had the Carabao Cup games this week, haven't we? How, how do you think that would be received here if suddenly they went, right, Middlesbrough, Chelsea, Fulham, Liverpool, you're going to play in Saudi
3: Arabia? Wouldn't go down well at all. Not at all.
2: I think you've got to think about the fans as well. I think as a player... You know, going and playing in the heat, getting some, some sunshine would always be good. But the fans going to want to watch a match, especially if it's not televised as well.
1: I wonder whether they they get away with this in Spain because they don't really have a culture of away fans. Um, now, I know, obviously, one of the teams will be playing at home and they still can't go. But I'm just making the point that, I mean, I remember you used to play for Barcelona. Have I mentioned that before? I'm not sure. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but when you when you played away and you'd score a goal, there'd be such a deathly silence that you'd think it was you think oh it's been given offside or something. That but it's because there were. Like zero away fans. Yeah, so it's a different culture in 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 that sense. What about the um, Rome derby, um, Roma Lazio? Jose got sent off um, yet again. I think for the second time in just uh, four days. Um, even by his standards, that's that's quite something. We shouldn't laugh. He's been sent off more times than any other manager. Um, I think in Syria history in this since he's been there.
3: I don't think anyone can not ever accuse Jose of being passionate. <laughs> but, but <laughs> red card what at the weekend red card again i do I do like him and I do love his passion and what have you but sometimes it's like come on really
2: I love him I love everything
1: that he stands for you'd have played it against one of his teams michael wouldn't you or- uh, Few of them, probably. What's of his Chelsea teams? I, w- I would have said. I mean, he's an amazing, amazing character. I remember when he first came, he was he was like this incredible personality, didn't he? Really engaging, and he was. I thought he was witty and he was funny. I think he. I think the games beaten him up over the years to, to some degree. I mean, I used to have an amazing. I did a little documentary with him. Um, I he used to text me all the time. He used to text me after match of the day, saying, "You know, you guys understand it. It's great." this is this and that and then the other and we've been going along like that for two years and then then something changed Um, I was asked to present him with the Man of the Year Awards at the GQ Awards that they do every year and they asked me to present the trophy and I said yeah I'll do that I'll do that for Jose of course so then about four days before the event they said um, well Jose's got in touch with us and he, he he doesn't want you to present the trophy to him. He, he wants um, someone that's not in football. And I thought, mm, that's a bit odd. But I thought, I'll go along to the event anyway. So I go along to the event. And I went up to Jose and he kind of blanked me like this. And I went up to him and I went, are we okay? Are we okay, Jose? And he went, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah." And then he wasn't okay. And do you know what? He's never been okay since. What was he it? Was, I don't know, and I do not know to this day whether I said something on Match of the Day, whether it was this. I have no idea. I have genuinely no idea, and I've interviewed him subsequently, and he was very cold. Um, And I even remember being at – I did a Champions League game, which they didn't do very well in. And after the game, you know, you go up to the director's bit in Manchester United, and I was was having a drink with Ed Woodward. He's he's a neighbor of mine, so I know him really well. So I'm stood there having a drink, and Jose comes up, and – and he go, you could see him going, and then he, he just wanders off. And then he sent a text to Ed Woodward. Why are you talking to him? Oh, really? <laughs> wow. And two <laughs> this upset day, We need to, to find out why. Day, I don't know what I'm what saying. What have you to- done? Come on, catch it must know. No, I don't. It was eight. I mean, it's a long time ago that this happened. Um, and, and it's, it, yeah, so I don't, I, I, don't, I don't know what happened there with. Micah, Joe
3: we need to get on a mission me. to find out. Yeah. <laughs>
1: who's who's <laughs> close to it? Who's that,
2: who's at Rome now? Yeah. Oh Abraham. Tammy Abraham, Tommy, yeah. Let me text Tammy. He's not going <laughs> to know, is he? he you like say? To ask him, I'm going to get uh, him to ask him. Yeah,
1: i I just, I'd love to know what it is. To be honest, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't bother me that much. But I, I would like you, you, to know. You yeah, can if, be
2: very sarcastic, can't you? I mean, on match <laughs> well, day, yeah, you probably, can, yeah. probably did
1: one of those openings, didn't Ooh. you, or something? <laughs> maybe, probably, but you know, it would. I'd, I'd, I'm, I'm not unkind to people in football, though. I mean, I, you know, I'll have a laugh and a joke and stuff, but um, maybe. One of my jokes didn't go down. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows, who knows? Oh, Jose, come on, (laughs) come on. Um, Anyway, that's all we've got time for on today's episode of The Rest is Football. We'll be back next week reviewing the best of uh, all the upcoming action and dissecting all the key talking points uh, that come from it. But for now, have a great weekend and goodbye goodbye from me.
3: Goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Have a good weekend.